Hey, hey, welcome to the Joel Bynes Show. Thank you for being here and swimming deep with me. If you've listened to a few shows so far, then you know that I like to, uh, to, to go deep. And that makes me come alive to get to the root of the matter and to drop in to deep thoughts, deep feeling, deep feelings. And it can be a bit of an undertaking, right? To, to go that deep and energetically to allow yourself to examine your life, to examine the deepest parts of your psyche and your soul and your, your upbringing and so forth. Um, you know, that's gonna, it's gonna invite you to, to concentrate. And I, I appreciate your, your openness to that. And also I hope that I can, can, uh, add a dash of, of humor and lightness and playfulness as we continue on here. Um, and, and I'm going to be talking about different topics too. We're going to be swimming, swimming at the 10 foot deep, deep end, but also we'll be going two feet below as well. I mean, we're going to be going on different, different, different levels here. Um, I have some, some amazing guests coming up. Uh, we had our first guest last time, Ryan Nicodemus, and that was the first episode where I really touched on what belief work is essentially, and my experience with it a bit and sharing it with Ryan and the power of this approach to connecting to the subconscious mind and letting go of the story that's been stored there for perhaps decades that's been activating physiological reactions in you for decades, perhaps that's been creating negative emotions and patterns in your life and all these things. And I just want to break that down. I'm going to create here. We're going to, I think we're going to do a three part series and it's going to be on parts, needs, and meaning which is the essential ingredients to understanding what this is and what it is, how beliefs are created and how we can let them go. So we'll zoom in. We, we've touched on parts a bit, parts of the psyche, right? Seeing your, your, your psyche as a family of parts, a system of parts. We've touched on that, but I want to, I want to focus on parts in this first episode and then needs in the second episode and meaning in the third of the three part series. But just to, to, to give more of an overview with this, with this belief work or what I sometimes call belief elimination work or belief transformation work, this has impacted my life enormously over the past two and a half years or so. And I've done personal development for 15 years and this is getting to the root by really understanding that at the conceptual level, at the belief level, what concept the part of you is holding onto that's activating the negative emotion. And employing this technique, this approach, which I believe is revolutionary, the results are fast, permanent, and powerful. I've seen my back pain immediately drop by 70% by clearing one belief. I have cleared clusters of beliefs around money, sales, 
work ethic, work versus rest, and self-worth, of course. Core beliefs about self-worth. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy of love. I can't do it. I'm not valuable. I don't value myself. I don't respect myself. All these beliefs that I just named don't have resonance in my body anymore. They are free. Whereas previously, I would say a belief like that and the heaviness in my body would come up. And each of these beliefs, I can clear, I would say 98, 99% of the time within 15, 20 minutes. So it's like Santa Claus isn't real anymore. Soon as you realize Santa Claus isn't real, it the belief disappeared, it evaporated, it never came back. It's the same, essentially the same process for any belief. So what we're doing here, that's kind of the overview. And you'll hear me talk more about it as these episodes go on. But let me break down more the, these three elements, parts, needs, and meaning. I'll give a quick overview of those three, and then I'll focus on parts. So the basic idea is we created beliefs in certain situations growing up that might have been challenging or adverse. It doesn't have to be growing up, but almost all the time we have an adverse childhood experience or something even mild, but it's still some experience that impacts us. And parts of us in seeking to get needs met form meaning about, about events that happen to us. So if we took a more mundane example, and this is the, the classic mundane example, uh, if we had an experience where a dog bit us when we're eight years old, it's possible from that experience that in trying to get a need met to be safe in the future, a part of you might have created the meaning dogs are dangerous, right? And again, it could be a mild or severe situation. Maybe it's an actual legit dog bite. That's like, you're going to the hospital. Maybe if you're, you know, especially if you're young, that's one of your first experiences with a dog. It's very possible that in order to cope with that situation and to get a need met, perhaps for safety, for predictability, a part of you was formed, a protector part saying, hey, dogs are dangerous. That's the meaning. We assigned in that situation meaning about the event of a dog biting you. And oftentimes the emotion of fear that we had as a result of that event gets kind of conflated in, gets kind of wired in with the story. And we tie up this emotion with this concept of dogs are dangerous. And that creates the, the, fu the future anxiety, right? So it, it, it becomes this absolute truth statement for this part of you. This is, where, this is why it becomes a limiting belief. This part of you concludes it is the truth dogs are dangerous in order to get a need met so then you know 20 years later you're just walking down in the park and you see a cute dog you see a dog that most people would say give the meaning of cute but you might have a part of you have that immediate physiological reaction of anxiety or fear because it's attached it's still holding on to the story of what happened growing up it's still all wired and fired together and so even though consciously you might totally think the dog's cute and the conscious brain wants to go pet the dog, 
But the point is, there could still be this part of you that has the anxiety underneath. And so when we actually connect to the part, we actually connect to the part, that's when we can free ourselves forever. That's why this this approach to personal development is revolutionary, in my opinion, because we're not just working at the conscious level, we're working at the subconscious level. And there's more to, to, to expound upon about how this, this approach to, to belief elimination works um, that you can check out on other podcasts I've been on. I've, I've done a couple of demonstrations and I'm doing more and more. And you'll, you'll see if, if, you, if you keep tuning into what I'm doing, you'll see more and more of, what, of how this works in live action. But for now, I just want to, to again, that's the overview of like parts, parts, needs, and meaning. That's what happens growing up that creates these limiting beliefs that stay with us for years and decades. So the dogs are dangerous is one example, but that could be, I'm not good enough, might be the meaning you gave when dad scowled at you after you received an F on your report card in the fifth grade, right? So the sense data is that dad made a facial expression. He said things to you. You saw the letter F in uh, red ink on this piece of paper. That's what actually happened. But this part of you created a meaning about that data that I'm not good enough in order to get a need met. Now, what that need is, it could be understanding and clarity. I'm not good enough. It's so hard to fathom that dad's facial expression and dad's reaction and dad's, the way he's treating you is... You wouldn't necessarily know as a 10-year-old that that's dad's projections, that's dad's baggage. And you need, you need clarity and understanding about why this is happening, why you're getting punished, why you're getting love withdrawal. So you put on yourself. That's one of the most common things a child does is put adverse experiences, explain them away through a belief, through a meaning that's about himself or herself. I'm not good enough. That must be the explanation for this. And this is all happening underneath the hood, like automatically without you choosing it to. You might not even have said that consciously, those words in your mind at the time, but you might have still created the concept. Like there's a difference between concept and actual words, right? So any concept can be pointed to by different words like course we have numerous languages on this planet that point to same the same concept the concept is the concept so i'm not good enough is the language that represents certain concepts so you might have even just created this concept even if you didn't actually think the exact language at the time but anyway that's kind of getting even more granular the point is that you're trying to get a need met for clarity understanding for for stability if you don't have an explanation for things like it can feel unstable. So this is another reason we create beliefs, in my opinion. So yeah, parts needs meaning. Parts of us create meaning to get needs met in situations growing up that create these belief systems and belief structures. Let's focus a little bit more on parts for the remainder of, of our time together today. So parts is borrowing from the framework of internal family systems therapy and I, I, again, I alluded to this a bit um, a couple episodes ago, but I really want to, to repeat because A, repetition is often the mother of, of talent or education or understanding, right? 
So hopefully it's valuable to you to hear this stuff multiple times and I'll keep kind of going over this stuff in this three-part series. But I think understanding the parts framework is so incredibly valuable for your life. And of course, understanding this belief work. So when you think of you, that's actually a multiplicity of parts in this model. And in, in the internal family systems, IFS model, we start with the capital S self, which is your true self. This is this, the self that is calm and curious and creative and courageous and compassionate and confident and connected. And it's the highest version of yourself. That's the whole true self that has no fear, that trusts, that is self-expressive and all the good things. And underneath that, from these childhood experiences primarily, we create fragmented parts of ourselves. And those can take the form of protector parts and exiled parts. So a protector part is one that would create a wall, that would create a sense of guardedness, that would stay on alert, that would keep you safe. That's its intention, right? So again, these parts are there for a reason to try to get your needs met. And we'll talk more about needs next time, but needs, everything we do, everything we think and say and do, it's all seeking to get a need met at all times. Even if that strategy isn't ideal, it's seeking to get a need met. So the part is formed, right? Let's uh, take another example that uh, your girlfriend breaks up with you when you're 15 and it's like your first heartbreak and perhaps a protector part comes in and puts a, a guard over your heart and protects you from seeking, it seeks to protect you from feeling the devastation that you felt from that, from that heartbreak ever again. It puts that guard up because it's so unbearable to have that devastation and that sadness and that mourning and that grief from that experience, from that rupture of losing this, this loving relationship. And so with that guardedness can come the belief that you might form. It could be a belief about women or love or putting yourself out there, self-expression, self-assertiveness, you know, showing up and allowing yourself to be seen. You might create beliefs about that, that it's not safe to, or it's not worth it to show my true self, things like that. Because maybe you did that in that relationship and then this was the result. It all, all this, of course, is, is context dependent. There's no, there's no exact map here. But the point is, parts of you were formed. Like you weren't, when you were born, I would say, you're pure wholeness. And you're always pure wholeness. But what happens through the conditioning and experiences and ruptures of our our upbringing in our childhood, we have these experiences and then we create these fragments that go on top. They create these layers on top of that core, that core of the onion, right? The core of the onion is your true self, but we add these layers on from these experiences. So these layers, these layers of the onion, these are parts. These are not the true you. These parts that have walls, that have guards, that have fears. Now, that's protector parts. And then let me flesh out exiled parts. And there's a, there's a couple other terms in the IFS therapy world, but I'm just going to simplify to just talk about protectors and exiles. And 
the protector is there to keep you safe from not experiencing, like I said, not experiencing those feelings again. So the part of you that experienced the feelings, the devastation, or the grief and so forth, that's the exiled part. Now, let's take another example. Let's say let's say a, a kid was bullying you on the playground when you're in second grade, right? I'll just, I'll just give an example for myself, actually. Get to know me a little bit better, huh? I, when I was in second grade, actually, I was on the playground, and I don't actually remember the details, but I just remember there was this other boy, and he, somehow we got into some quarrel or fight and some pretty briefly, but then next thing I knew, he had like grabbed my head and pushed my face into the snow. And I was like, un, I was like, my face was in the snow for a couple seconds and I was kind of stuck and I was, couldn't breathe very well and things like that. And then he let me go and then it kind of ended, but he like, he bullied me. He, he engaged in that, that top down strategy. And so for me, I created a belief because I've, I've, I've worked with this memory before. I've worked with this belief. I created a belief I'm weak. And I would say in that situation, the, the exiled part of me is that little second grade boy who felt completely powerless and sad and overwhelmed and scared. It's when that little boy was in the snow being, being overpowered, that little boy created this idea i'm weak right so in that case it's the the it's the the part of you that's that actually experiences the challenging experience the adverse experience the the trauma and so forth that's the part called the exile so in the in the, the going back to the example of you getting your heart broken when you're a teenager the part of you that got your heart broken that has feel feels all those feelings of devastation and grief. That's like this exiled part. Or maybe there's shame in there. Who knows? And there could be other there could be beliefs that that the exiled part created, and there could be beliefs that the protector part created. So the protector part might be creating beliefs about opening up. No, it's not safe to be seen. But underneath that, the exiled part could have beliefs like I don't matter, or nobody cares about me. So hopefully that's illuminating. Like there's a distinction here between protector parts and exiled parts, right? So the protector part is job is to keep you safe, to protect you, to not re-experience the thing. So you might create beliefs around that. And underneath that could be the actual hurt, wounded part of you that has beliefs that are maybe at a deeper level. So like the sh anything with like shame, that's going to be an exiled part. So if you have a belief, I'm bad, like deep down, I'm bad. I'm a bad person. Like maybe you want to check in with yourself. Does, does your body, does your subconscious mind know that's true? For, that's true for you. If you feel it in your body, then there's an indication that it's true. Just trust your subconscious mind. If you feel it, then, then you have that. So there could be this deep shame. I'm bad. And so there's all these feelings of shame and so forth connected to whatever childhood experiences, but that's the exiled part because that's like the deepest wounded part. And then there could be protectors built on top of that part that would, um, let's say you might build a people pleasing part because you, so you make sure that you never do anything bad, that, you, that you're always good, right? So you become the goody two shoes and you please people. That's a protector part. 
So that part might have beliefs about how to get connection, how to get love as like these short-term coping mechanisms, right? Like the way to get love is to please others, something like that. That's going to be a protector part that is going to prevent you. It's intention, right? Is, is to prevent you from feeling again, the deeper shame. So with, with belief work, y'all, um, we can work with both exiles and protector parts. And that's what I do with myself, with, with, with clients I work with. And, but you know, at the end of the day, like this is all a model, um, parts and exiles and protectors. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, we're human beings and we are, we have two legs and two arms and then we have our inner world. And, um, all this is a very, very valuable, sophisticated, helpful model in my opinion. But it's also not necessarily, we don't need to get too zoomed in and too attached to like, this is exactly what's going on. I don't think about too much when I'm doing belief work, whether I'm working with an exile or a protector, it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, so that's kind of where I kind of evolve from the IFS therapy um, approach. Anyway, there, there's different different ways I could riff um, on IFS and belief work and have those work together. But um I hope this has been helpful, right? I hope this has been helpful to understand a little bit more specifically what parts of the psyche are and these parts that are wounded and the protecting you, these exiles and protectors, they, they desire to be, they desire to integrate back into the whole, right? But they just, they just don't think that it's a good idea. <laughs> they have, they created these beliefs for a reason. And when you can connect with them and dialogue with them, when you can actually connect to those parts in the subconscious mind, right? That's when you can liberate yourself. That's when you can liberate yourself. That's when you actually get to the root. The subconscious mind is the root of all this. It's the root of all the, the problems you see in the world, right? It's individuals who have parts, who have beliefs. And so they act in certain ways to try to get needs met, given their fragmented parts. So when we integrate, we put Humpty Dumpty back together again, we become whole, we let go of those layers of the onion, and we show up as that pure, innocent, whole self we were born as on day one. And that's, 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 uh, I mean, I'm still growing, but the experience that I have of life compared to three years ago, compared to five, 10 years ago with all the personal growth that I've done, IFS therapy and belief work, etc., there's a lot more freedom. So I hope that's helpful and thanks so much for listening and we'll, 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 we'll dive a little bit more. We'll keep reinforcing these ideas. I know this is granular, so thank you for bearing with me and, and thank you for your, your attention and patience. And by all means, you know, check out, check out resources in different places when it comes to parts. IFS Institute, we've talked about before, ifs-institute.com. Um, well, I'll link to that in the show notes again. You can learn more about IFS therapy, but I hope this has been helpful to to get into the the, de- the details of this. And we'll get into more next time about needs and the time after that about meaning. And we'll kind of wrap this all together. And hopefully this can be really educational for you. All right. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you. Cheers. Cheers.